Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Base News Network. I'm Sophie, aka Joan of Arca, and I'm here with a guy I know, Punk Revolution Now, aka Kayo. Say hi, Kayo. Hi. <laughs> What's... Hi. Oh, okay. So, I don't know if you saw, but I actually transformed into a horse. Hello, my name is Horsey. <laughs> okay well, okay, well <laughs> all right yeah um everybody every yeah okay. we gotta get it over with okay we, we gotta get we gotta get the our furry instincts out in the first 30 right. seconds of every podcast before every, we go to the news yeah they're we all have them inside so there's two types of people in the world people who are furries such as sophie and i and people who yeah. who want to be furries but are too insecure to acknowledge it. True. So just literally get give into it. It's freeing. All right. So I was actually referring to what we have to get over with, which is the submersible. We're not going to talk about the submersible really because it's like everyone knows what happened. It's like overdone to death. Speaking of horses, we don't want to beat a dead horse. Ooh. yeah i know uh so we just want to say that uh titanic is coming to netflix titanic is coming to netflix in a brilliant uh a move by whoever controls that at netflix netflix so you know that shit is going to be trending but i don't have to do that because one um, I own it on Blu-ray, too. Kayo literally bought it on his computer so we can watch it whenever we want. So that's not an issue for me. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I'm like a Titanic connoisseur, like Stan. I know everything about it, especially the movie. I know everything about it. So um, yeah, but anyway, Titanic is coming to Netflix. That's all we're really going to say, right, about the submersible. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to say. That hasn't been said. It's been, yeah. I think we're all exhausted of the story, the memes, blah, 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 whatever. All right. Let's get into, like, act, like legit all important right. stuff that's new. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so Sophie and I were like, okay, so this submersible thing is, like, literally taking up the news every single day. It's probably going to be one of the biggest news stories of the entire year, if we're being honest. And then somehow... On, I guess, Friday, it turns out something that's e- even bigger in the news manages to emerge, um, which was the the weird question, the weird thing, whatever the heck happened in, in Russia, Russia over the past 48 hours. To be clear, we are recording this on Sunday, so there's a very high probability that by the time this episode releases, there's more drama that unfolds, but I guess, you know, just to kind of take it back, it it, 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 it revolves around this guy, Prigazin. Let me see how I, what's his name? I got it. Prigo, yeah, Prigazin. I, I'm not, you know, great with Russian names. So Prigazin is like a, a Russian oligarch slash friend of Putin who, he, he runs this, this group called this, the Wagner Group. Which is basically a private... Is that... Okay, did you look up, like, what they mean by Wagner or Wagner? Like, is it actually, like, inspired by, like, the Nazi, like... Like, like the composer Wagner, who is, like, composing shit 
that like Hitler used? So this is according to Wikipedia. While the Wagner Group is not ideologically driven, elements have been linked to neo-Nazism and far-right politics. So yeah, the the Wagner Group is like a private military company, like basically a mercenary group that is a major part of the operation in Ukraine. Russia's paying the the Wagner Group. It's basically just like a, another part of the Russian military. Um, is there like a section on like the etymology or however you say it? Because it- the Va- it says Wagner, like that's how you pronounce it, and that's how you pronounce Wagner, oh, the oh, here composer. We go. Yes, okay, okay. So, some believe. Wait, where does it say? Um, others say the name comes from Utkin's own call sign, Wagner, reportedly after the German composer Richard Wagner, which Utkin is said to have chosen due to his passion for the Third Reich. Wagner being Adolf Hitler's favorite composer. Yeah. That's what I thought when I first yes, heard it. Yes. So. Yes. So whenever, so whenever anyone suggests that like Ukraine possibly having some sort of neo-Nazi problem is like a like a legitimate rationale for Russia invading and killing a bunch of Ukrainian citizens, remember that the people, the Russians who are in Ukraine right now killing Ukrainian citizens are a part of what's called the Wagner group because they're they're literally neo-nazis. It's so insane like it actually feels like fictional. But anyways, so the the leader of the the Wagner group is this guy Prigozhin. He's a Russian oligarch. Friends friend of Putin and the, you know, Russian oligarch. You can think of like Putin as the the boss. So Putin is like Prigozhin's boss's boss, basically. You know, Prigozhin's like up there, not like at the tippy top, but he's he's among the the elites in Russia. And there's been some like you know for the past few months some like inner like conflicts, inter-Russian politics going on where Prigozhin has been com- criticizing Russian other Russian oligarchs, not Putin directly, but other Russian oligarchs close to Putin, blaming them for basically Russia's invasion of Ukraine going very poorly. To be entirely clear, Prigozhin, who leads the Wagner Group, is a, a neo-Nazi fascist who is in favor of invading Ukraine, but he he's mad that the, the invasion isn't going as well. So he wants he wants to, he's criticizing other Russian oligarchs for poorly managing the invasion, blah blah blah, demanding that the Wagner Group um, get more ammo and, and claiming that the the Russian the the more formal Russian military is like intentionally interfering with the Wagner Group's operations because at this point it's a little bit of a contest who gets to capture a Ukrainian city you know is the Wagner Group going to get credit for you know capturing a, uh, a a Ukrainian city or is the Russian more formal military going to get credit pretty disgusting you know that Ukrainian lives are being destroyed over this game of um, politics but you know anyone who's been watching. Uh, the invasion for the past year and a half knows that's just kind of the name of the game. So after some back and forth, you know, so Prigozhin has like a huge social media following, like lots of Russians really love him. It's it's interesting because in Russia, you, you know, you don't have the freedom to criticize the war unless you are criticizing the war from the right. If you're criticizing the war from like the right wing for bl- basically criticizing the war for not being bloodthirsty enough, which Prigozhin is doing, then it's okay to criticize it. And Prigozhin has a lot of clout because of his social media following. And on Friday night, Prigozhin releases a video that for the first time is not only criticizing how poorly the military operation in Ukraine is going because of Russian oligarchs, he's actually criticizing the 
the reasoning for the war, which is absolutely unprecedented for inter-Russian oligarch politics, where he is saying, and this is literally so obvious to anyone who's been paying attention, that everything Russia has said about why they've invaded regarding NATO and neo-Nazis in Ukraine is all BS, and they're only invading so they can annex Ukraine, and so one of the other Russian oligarchs can install themselves as the president of Ukraine and can go to sleep at night feeling like an honorable warrior who expanded Russia. Imperialism. Like, we, we know that's why Russia is in Ukraine. They, they, the Russian government has been saying over and over and over again, you know, we're in there because we want to eliminate Ukrainians and own Ukraine ourselves. They're imperialists. But now it's the first time you've seen a Russian oligarch just c come out and say it. So that was crazy. Um, and then the next day, we see news that Wagner and 25,000 Wagner soldiers being led by Prigazin capture an entire Russian city. Wait, can you explain? Uh, so yes. how did... How did this Wagner group, how do they get 20,000 soldiers? Like, are they like a militia? Like, are they like self-equipped? Like, where are they getting their resources? So this is a great question because it's a little confusing since literally the vast majority of the Russian military, Wagner or not, are all basically mercenaries. Like, there's very few people in Russia who are volunteering to join this war. Most people are doing it because they're getting paid a ton by the, by the Russian government. So they're being paid to fight. Yes. Oh, yes, it's not yeah. a draft situation. No, I mean, there's people who are like, you know, who volunteer to join the military, but it's it how seems... How about in Ukraine? Are most people like volunteering or is it um, a draft or how is it in Ukraine? I don't know. Yeah, I can, I, we have a Ukrainian friend we can ask. That's a, Yeah, we can yeah, ask we'll our Ukrainian ask friend. I will say though, given the fact that Ukraine has done such a great job in this war give, against all odds, I think it's at least very safe to say that the morale of the Ukrainian army is much higher. Definitely. Where they, they definitely have like a legitimate reason to actually be fighting. So anyways, so yeah, the Wagner Group is confusing, but it's literally a private company owned by Prigazin that the Russian government is paying. So it's a kind of a confusing situation where you have this private mercenary group being paid by the military, the Russian government, even though the entire Russian military is just bunch, basically a bunch of mercenaries. You just gotta really understand that the Russian government is literally just like a mafia. You know, like with a shit ton of money and they're paying hundreds of thousands of people to like kill a bunch of Ukrainians so the mafia can get more power. Like that's basically the best way to kind of think about it. And Prig so there's like inter-mafia politics playing out right now. So Prigazin and his, and his the, the Wagner group, by the way, look, everyone should do some research on the, the Wagner group. They have a, a very large president, uh, presence throughout the, the, the African continent. I think a lot of people aren't aware of that, that they're... Um, in Mali and many other African countries fighting, um, uh, you know, uh, terrorists, right, et cetera. Like, isn't like Russia and like China really getting involved in, in Africa, like the continent of Africa yeah. financially? Yeah. So that's a, yeah. So, so, so China's getting involved with South power, which is by lending money to Africa, which I think is arguably a good thing. I think being able to, you know, we can we can debate whether or not these these loans are, you know, odious or whatever. But I think China's soft power in Africa is a net positive, while Russia's involvement in Africa is based on hard power, which is literally sending militias in there or or the Wagner Group to walk around African, you know, villages with guns and establish themselves as the 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 boss basically. So, anyways, a little side note. Everyone read into it. 
we're not going to get into that. We, we got to talk about this crazy coup attempt, which is basically what happened. So, so Prigazin, he he gets his he he him and the Wagner group managed to capture a city Rostov, which is in Russia. This is not a Ukrainian city occupied by Russia. This is a definitively Russian city in Russia that the Wagner group captures and takes complete control of. It's a city with a population of a million. So this is no longer like a, this is like, this is starting to look like, oh my God, there's like a, like a little like Russian civil war going on right now. When you have a, 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 a military group capturing a city and cha directly challenging, you know, it seems like Prigazin is, is hesitant to directly call Putin's, Putin's name out, but is, you know, challenging Putin's government. It's like, whoa, what is going on? They captured a large city with a military base. And then they start this, um march to moscow so now you got this wagner group with a lot of people who are cheering them on as they march for miles and miles and miles to moscow the russian military is now destroying highways in order to prevent the wagner group from getting to moscow and the wagner group destroys nine russian helicopters so this is russians killing russians they blow up nine helicopters and uh, another russian fighter plane so 10 planes which is a lot that's like that's like more than ukrainians destroy in like you know a month it's just this wagner group is just now destroying in a day what looks like a really serious challenge to uh putin's government and everyone is like holy crap this is like turning into a real suit like civil war it looks like it looks like Prigazin could do it because the people, the people, the citizens of Russia love Pick Prigazin. They're cheering him on. No Russian, no Russian, you know, military people want to kill Wagner groups because that's just Russians killing Russians. And then out of nowhere, when they're getting really, really, really close to Moscow, Prigazin announces that the the president of Belarus, Lukashenko, who um, he's like basically just like. A dictator. He's a, he's a dictator. He's a big dictator. And he's like basically just a stooge for Putin. Uh, apparently Lukashenko negotiated some sort of treaty between Putin and Prigazin, where Prigazin is now going to now going to go to Belarus and he's not going to get killed for attempting to overthrow the Russian government. Apparently we will see about that. And all of the, the Wagner group, um, you know, soldiers are just going to be formally basically absorbed into the, the traditional Russian military. And, well, if that doesn't sound like it makes any sense, it's because it doesn't. No one has any clue what's going on. Uh, there's got to be more to this story. Like, what what the, what the hell was Prigazin thinking trying to, to overthrow the Russian government, which is insane? It's even more insane that he literally almost did it. And then it's even more insane that right when he was on the cusp of doing it, all of a sudden there's this deal where Prigazin and the Wagner group don't get anything besides Prigazin has his life spared, even though he killed a bunch of Russians on his march to Mos It's so confusing. This is just classic Russian politics where it's like clearly there's, you know, oligarchs who are playing politics. No one really knows for sure. Some people even suspect this whole thing might just be a damn, you know, fake flag. Maybe maybe Prigazin's like working for Putin. Probably not because it makes Putin look so bad. But like I'm I follow a bunch of analysts, Russian, Ukrainian analysts, analysts. They have no they have no clue what to make of it other than this is, you know, cracks 
in the Russian serious cracks in the Russian government forming. It's like Putin is the dictator. You know, he he has absolute power. And this is like the first time we really see a really significant like okay, obviously this is horribly terrible invasion of Ukraine which is going terribly. Lots of people in Russia are obviously pissed about it cuz tens of thousands, if not 100,000 Russians have died for nothing and it's costing Russians a lot of money. Obviously this is causing internal conflict. As of right now, this doesn't change anything on the front of the Ukrainian war. Like the, Putin didn't need to pull any Russian soldiers out of Ukraine. So it's not like Russia's it's not like Ukraine's counteroffensive got any easier. But it's certainly a morale boost because it says if we keep going and keep keep it up and keep making Russians miserable for trying to invade and occupy and kill Ukrainians, hopefully in, internally in Russia, things are just going to go haywire and collapse and they're just not going to be able to continue with this invasion. So really wild story. Like everyone was making comparisons. Even Putin was making comparisons to 1917, 1918 because that's what it looked like. The, the the OG Russian Revolution. Anything? Any thoughts, Sophie? Um, I think I mean honestly, not very educated on this. So I think you you did a great explanation. Um, Good. Yeah, it's super interesting and confusing, and no one, as you said, no one really knows what's going on. So hopefully, when this comes out, we'll have new info. Um, yeah, ultimately, yeah. ultimately, what we all want is for people to stop dying, um, especially, you know, in Ukraine. We want we want Ukrainians to stop being killed and for Russians to get out of Ukraine so they stop killing Ukrainians. So everyone was watching with bated breath. I mean, the thing is, is we don't necessarily want this Prigazin guy to completely take over Russia's government because Prigazin is maybe even more of a fascist than Putin. You know, Prigazin is a guy that would actually use nukes. Well, maybe not. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, he seems that type of guy. He's, like, insane. So, um, it was like, uh, I hope he's kind of successful so Ukrainians have a better chance of getting well, Russia out. maybe you they know? just, like, want, like, we don't, I don't know if I wish instability on a place because that sounds very cool. Yeah. But, like, maybe, hopefully, like, internal divisions will shift focus away from occupying Ukraine. Absolutely. That's a great point. Because if this really did turn into a full-fledged civil war in Russia, it would be a gigantic humanitarian disaster in Russia. And, you know, I I think this goes without saying, like, we oppose the Russian invasion, but we don't want Russian citizens to get hurt either. We don't want no, anyone to get hurt. So, no. uh, so mind-boggling, confusing watching this go from okay what is Prigazin doing it's funny he's criticizing other oligarchs it's good there's internal divisions oh my freaking god he's he's going for a coup attempt that's crazy to what the hell this whole thing went from like zero to a hundred to zero in like 24 hours um and we're everybody who's been following this is like extremely confused so that's all I that's all I can say about it because I don't have enough information to really tell you what happened. Well, thank you, Kai, for edu- educating us girls. Oh come on! Uh, I'm getting this. Hey, I'm getting this information from women. I'm not even kidding. There's plenty. What? Of- I, 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 that wasn't an insult. That was a, that was genuine. I'm just saying. I want everyone to understand. Like, I literally like the the people who I'm following on this Russia Ukraine stuff. 
they're women too. They're men and women. And I, they're, they're, oh. so, okay, whatever. We just need, sometimes girls, we need a, a guy to tell us what's up. All right. All right. But I just, wait, wait, wait. Let me just say, so everyone understands, I'm taking this information from women with PhDs, and then I'm regurgitating it as a man to other women. So that's, that's basically, okay, fine, whatever. All Move right, on to the next let's tactic. Mo- all right. Among Us is epic. All right. Let's get into... An interesting thread I had seen floating around Twitter. It is um, from a Twitter account I am familiar with as a casual fan of Shelley Duvall. Um, this thread came out uh, this month, and it makes the case. Ag- sorry, it makes the case against uh, characterizing Shelley Duvall's experience on the Shining set with uh, Stanley Kubrick as a event that traumatized her and that ruined her career. Um, and when I saw that thread, like, initially, like, just, like, the first, like, the thesis of it, essentially, like, I hadn't looked through the thread yet, I was a little bit surprised because I think that's sort of, like, the conventional wisdom. Like, most people think, oh, yeah, like, The Shining ruined Shelley Duvall's life and, like, it's a great film, but, like, everyone feels sorry for her that, like, you know, it was so devastating for her. Um, because she now has um, some mental health issues and um, she's sort of reclusive and not really in the public eye anymore. So um, there's this like general um, belief that The the Shining traumatized uh, Shelley Duvall and that Stanley Kubrick is like an evil man who ruined her life. And this Stan account, this Shelley Duvall Stan account, who has literally met Shelley Duvall multiple times, like, spent time with her, has met her boyfriend, has, like, done a lot of stuff with her, um, kind of, like, the greatest, like, source of information about Shelley, like, today, um, Uh, That's so funny that it's, like, just, like, a a Stan account giving, like, this, like, legitimate uh, news update. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's why I love this. I love you know, stands. Actually, sometimes, wait, if they're wait. not insane. I do want to just quickly intervene here. Taylor Lorenz has been writing about how, like, social media influencers. I guess you could say. I don't know if influencers is the right word, but like social media personalities have become like a more 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 and more important kind of like voice in media for actually sharing information and news and stuff like that um so this is this this again because you 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 posted that that headline like taylor taylor lorenz was right about everything remember that post she's right it's true so this is just another another data point proving taylor lorenz's yeah so like this account this account it's called uh shelly duvall xo shelly duvall fan um she calls herself a shelly duvall internet archive she has met Shelly multiple times, like, hangs out with her a lot, actually, because she's, like, Shelly's biggest fan. So, like, she's, she, like, talks to her, like, like on a semi, like, regular basis. So she's pretty much, like, the greatest source of information on Shelly right now. So I thought this thread was really interesting as a fan of Shelly and as a fan of Kubrick and as a fan of The Shining and, and all those films. So... Um, I just want to kind of get into it and sort of explain her case that she makes. Um, cause I think like, 
I don't know. Like sometimes when you're watching the, sh- I've seen The Shining like a million times, and like, yeah. or if I'm watching another Kubrick film, especially when I'm watching The Shining, I'm kind of watching it and being like, oh my god, this is literally the best movie I've ever seen in my life. But then it's like you remember, oh wait, like poor Shelley, kind mm. of, you know, like that's usually what comes to my mind and a lot mm. of people's mind. Have you seen that famous meme that's like Shelley Duvall, don't do The Shining? It's like yes, girls I when have. they go, girls when they have a time machine. Yeah. Um, and I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to get into the, um, the thread. So yeah. So it kind of just explains like how she got into like filming the shining. Um, she's quoting, um, she went to a Kub- the Kubrick archives, I guess. Um, and saw this 1979 interview of, of Shelley, um, she said, I liked Kubrick's humor. I felt very good the first week of shooting. I wasn't nervous at all. I was just exciting, excited about the beginning of the film. Um, she does explain like how it was a stressful experience because the role was so intense. I mean, I guess it brings to mind like, um, Heath Ledger and like how taxing that role was on him. Like hmm. it's clear that like, intense roles like this would like take a toll on your body and your mind i think that's just a part of making any movies though i'm going to be honest but especially a role like that yeah absolutely where she's screaming and crying and hyperventilating the entire like for a year it took like Mm. over a year to film this and you know you know the famous like that scene that she filmed like over a hundred times no i don't oh okay so there's a famous scene in the shining where she's You've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a famous scene in The Shining where she's like walking up the door with a baseball bat. She's kind of like swinging it, like, get away from me to uh, Jack Torrance, who's mm-hmm. like saying, I'm going to bash your brains in and stuff. Um, and she's like crying and hyperventilating. And it's like general like knowledge that like it, it, it broke a Guinness World Record for like the most amount of takes. Oh, wow. It's, like, over 100-plus takes of her just, like, screaming, crying. And, like, that was super intense. Mm. And, like, so much so that in that scene, she's not even acting. She's just, like, traumatized. Well, that's the belief is that she's, like, kind of traumatized by, like, that. And I imagine that would be extremely difficult to do 100 times because of how, like, horrifying it is that 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 scene is. So um, she does say that it was, like, very stressful for her. But um, she, she, she says it's grueling, um, but this account kind of argues that that isn't enough to say that it ruined her mind and her career. Um, apparently, Shelley has continuously praised Kubrick and values his lessons, according to this account. Um, she speaks very highly of him in this like 2001 interview. Um, she says... In another interview from 1979, what an experience. I learned so much from that man. Like, she's referring to Kubrick. I tend to sound like a fool when I talk about him, but I was so impressed. Um, she um, was also, like, hanging out with them. Like, one of her favorite things to do was playing chess with Kubrick mm-hmm. on set. In 2021... Yeah. Uh, she said that Kubrick was a very was very warm and friendly to me. He spent a lot of time with Jack and me. He just wanted to sit down and talk for hours while the crew waited. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, I think I think that makes good sense, you know, and from what I've heard, like even in like 2023, I've heard that like the standard kind of experience of working in like film film and television is it is an incredibly grueling process. Like of course playing a even more stressful role is going to be even more intense, absolutely. Also, someone with, like, as meticulous as Kubrick, who is super, imp- like, yeah. foc- hyper-focused on detail and getting everything exactly right. Yeah. That's going to take a toll on anyone. But this account sort of argues that that isn't, it isn't fair to say that that, dis- quote-unquote, no. destroyed her. No, no, Because, I mean, I think, I think it's important to understand. Lots of people with mental illnesses go into creative industries, Okay. That's no. That's, that's no, no. Nothing new. Here. That's nothing new. So if Shelley Duvall has severe mental illnesses, I don't think it's necessarily that the you know that her film experience created that mental illness. It could have like stirred it up. It could have aggravated it. It could have made it worse. But I think it's a it's a little bit simplistic to say like one very grueling movie experience would single-handedly send someone in a spiral that destroys their entire life. It's possible. Right, right. But, you know? but I think this account even argues, like, that she didn't destroy her life. And it's no, no, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't that, make sense. Like, meaning, like, 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 Shelley Duvall is, like, even despite her mental health issues, is, like, still, like, shouldn't be characterized as, like, a victim or a weak or something, yeah. which is an interesting idea. Yeah. She I, also, oh, sorry, I was ahead. just gonna, I also think it, it, it's, like, a little bit of, like, kind of, like, a romantic cliche to think of, like, an actor or actress literally, you know, like, a beautiful, like, was, like, like, kind of, like, the Marilyn Monroe sort of thing, where it's, like, a beautiful woman who's, like, mentally distraught, you know what I mean? Marilyn Monroe. Million, whatever. <laughs> Mil- Mar- Man- That's a good drag, drag name. Okay, all right, well, I'm, I'm glad write I... write that down. All right, someone can take that name. Monroe, whatever. <laughs> whatever, I misspoke. Manson, Monroe, Monroe, whatever. Okay, but you know what I'm saying. It's, yeah, like, it's yeah. like, it's kind of a cliche thing. It, it adds, like, a little bit of, like, mystery well, it's and sort lore. Of like, it give, it's sort of, like, it's almost, like... I think most people are like saying these things out of concern and like in good faith, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like, it's also like maybe better to sort of acknowledge her autonomy and like strength and like positive. Like she's doing fine, like well in her life, despite yeah. her mental illness. So, yeah. um, Yo, have you, uh, Sophie, it's like dance moms. You know, like the kids are literally being abused mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in order to be incredible dancers, right? And they're working. They're they're doing grueling work. Right, and that's not cool. That's not good that they're being abused. I think I would argue that that might even. I mean, because that was like for years of yeah. their lives yeah. and their children. Like yeah. that might actually. Like, they probably are actually traumatized. Honestly, not to say that she isn't traumatized from other things, but this account kind of says like is making an interesting case against that. Um, she writes. People often claim that Shelley's life after The Shining was never the same and she was traumatized for life, but it's dismissive and infantilizing to think that from one movie, and this is what irks me the most, we, something, something, um, she wants, like, people to, exper- like, uh, appreciate her career post The Shining, because she had one. She didn't yeah. stop after yeah. The Shining. She had a prolific this account writes, she had a prolific career as a producer in the 80s and 90s with her award-winning series, Fairy Tale Feature, Tale Theater. She had her own production company specializing in children's TV and still used her acting chops in movies like Popeye, Time Bandits, Portrait of a Lady, among others. 
Yeah, you know, and I bet there's also a little bit of the game of telephone going on here mm -hmm. where someone says, oh, it was a very grueling process for Shelley Duvall, and it was very stressful to, oh, yeah, it was the worst experience to her life to, right. oh, my God, it was so bad, and it literally like, destroyed her life. And that's also, like, not coming from her. Yeah, That's yeah. not what she's, that's, like, con according to her, this thread, that's contradictory to what she herself says, Shelley says. Yeah. Um, well, this she is really informative. That, yeah, actually. she writes that Shelley unfortunately has her struggles with her mental health, but that has nothing to do with The Shining. In all my recent conversations with her, she speaks highly of The Shining and how she loved Kubrick. She holds no grudges. And then some pictures of them together, which is really cute. Hmm. Um, yeah, she kind of the girl kind of looks like her in a way. Yeah, like. so these are pictures we're looking right now of the Shelley Duvall fan, fan account fan and Shelley Duvall. with Shelley Duvall, and they look very similar. It's very cute. So um, I thought this was a really um, interesting uh, thread. She also, she kind of concludes it with saying. I think this is why misinfo about her experience on set is still rampant. People see her public battles with mental illness and Shelley simply aging. And suddenly people think it's connected to The Shining because they're, they were led to think that way from internet rumors. In conclusion, if you're reading this and your only exposure to Shelley Duvall is from The Shining, you must see her work with Robert Altman, her trailblazing cable shows, and appreciate her contributions to TV and film. She is so extraordinary and I don't, want people to miss out um i must say this she's Twitter also selling stickers on etsy with proceeds going directly to shelly so if you oh, want to nice. support her oh that's Shelley really Duvall. nice this twitter thread actually did make me really healthy uh happy happy because sophie you and i both i love q i won't lie i love kubrick like i don't know like necessarily on a personal level but i really because i don't know enough about him as a person i mean this made me feel a little bit better um, I've seen like videos of him yelling and stuff and like getting really angry on set, but that's kind that is a tactic that like, you know, directors use. Abby Lee dance studio. Right. Okay. But I'm not well, saying it's good. I'm just saying like, it's uh, standard procedure. It's literally like I it's, you'll be damned to find any movie or TV set where there's not yelling going around. Right. Like that's just the nature. And look, it's not good, but it's same with musicians. When you're in the studio and you're trying to record an oh album God, you've been working yeah. for years like, when on. When I was a classical musician, like, yeah. it got crazy. Like, yeah. even so. So, like, this, yeah, this thread made me happy because I really, really respect Kubrick as an artist. And I love that Shining's one of my favorite movies. I think it's, like, up there, like, one of the best horror films of all time. And Shelley Duvall is epic. And Shelley Duvall is, like, incredible in that film. It's so messed up. She, you know, like, the Raz, the, like, what is it called? Like, the Razzies or whatever? Like, the Worst Actress, Worst yeah. Actor Awards? Yeah. She, for The Shining, she won the Worst Actress Award from the Razzies or whatever. That is fuck. straight misogyny. It really is. And they, they rescinded that recently. Good. Like, apologizing, whatever. But, like, I mean, it, it was given to her at the time that it came out. Hmm. But she is incredible in that film. Like she, that she, it would not be as good without her. It's so funny because The Shining, the reception to The Shining is all over the place. Vast majority of people agree it's like a masterpiece. There's a lot of people who absolutely hate it. I, know, I don't understand that. At well, all. I know someone who read The Shining first, uh, and then they saw the movie and they had to be course. all you know. My pretentious. my hot take. My hot take is that. 
um, Stephen King is wrong about The Shining movie being bad and his own r- remake is shit, even though I haven't seen it and I've never read the book, but yeah. I just, I just don't, I just think I don't care because I've read about what is in his remake and what is in his book and they are not as good as Kubrick's. And like, you know, Kubrick is just a le- like a genius anyway. So yeah, this thread made me happy. Like, and this is probably like the most credible source on Shelley, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you can find right now. Yeah. So it made me happy to like, s- like kind of be reminded of like, oh yeah, Shelley Duvall, like, like life didn't end after The Shining. Like she had a career for like, like tens of years, like years, years after, and she's you know still doing things and is like, you know, like I don't know. It was just like, I it, it was kind of reassuring and nice to like, yeah. Yeah. clear that up so yeah 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 because like you said we both love her as an actress it's good to like whenever we think of her name to think of her as like oh she had an awesome career instead of thinking oh. she had an awesome career but dot dot or dot. like she was ruined i yeah. don't know like i i kind of get i don't know like i'm interested to sophie know what people think of it has anyone ever compared you to shelly duvall yeah they have before it makes me really happy um, I was I was Shelley Duvall in The Shining, uh, Wendy Torrance, 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 yeah, um, for Halloween this past year. Hmm. So I have gotten that before, and it makes me really happy because I think she's like one of the most beautiful women in the world. Well, I don't know if I told you this, Sophie, but I don't remember when this was. It was maybe in college. Someone asked me like, "What's an example?" Of like an actress you find attractive, and what? I and I said Shelley Duvall. You really did. I swear. Oh I did. my god. You know. Wow, I'm learning. So there's. I'm just saying, it's not a coincidence that we're dating. Oh, that's sweet, Kyle. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyways, I liked Brokeback Mountain. So there we go. We were um, in Brokeback Mountain. Well, you're Jake Gyllenhaal coded, oh, coded to okay. me. Okay. All right. Well, anyways. Oh. Let's move on to Sophie. Has Sophie was in the news? Oh, I just realized it that did this out of order, but no, this was no, this is right. Oh, I thought I, just, I, I, I thought know. we were on the docket. I thought this was in a different arrangement. Oh yeah, we did it out of order. It doesn't matter. It's okay. all it's all news. Okay, so this is personal for me. All right. All so, right. The one time I go to Whole Foods and buy frozen fruit, it has to get recalled the next few days because of a listeria outbreak issued by uh, the, the warning issued by the CDC. So yeah, who? So, so guess who consumed said fruit a day before that warning came out and the recalls came out? Me. Um, this is a message from God. Do not buy from Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Do so not. the one time I go to Whole Foods. Okay. So recently I've been on like a health kick, meaning like I, I don't know. I, maybe not even that. I'm just like, I'm literally obsessed with grocery stores. I want to go to all the different grocery stores and like go in them, just like look at them for hours. Like I'm at like a mall. Mm-hmm. Just like look at what they have. We literally did that last night. We did at my at my grocery stores. We, me, Sophie, Rip Brooklyn Harvest. Now it's Food Town. Justin, yeah, Justin, who runs who Slint, is, Slint memes, and other people run Slint memes too. But we went to, yeah, Food Town. Yeah, so I really like grocery stores, and I was like, I should just go to Whole Foods because I was like, I want to see what they have, and like, I don't know. I was just trying to be more healthy because I'm not I'm not very healthy in my eating. So I was just like, okay, let me just, like, walk around, you know, like, New York, you can, like, get a lot of shit, you know, so it's, like, fun for me. Um, 
someone who had to take the bus to get groceries like anytime I wanted them you know so it's just kind of nice to walk around anywho I was like I need to have more protein smoothies because I need to have more protein blah 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 I go I'm like fine I'll it was actually a very good deal guys I think it was like $4.99 Whole Foods 365 brand tropical fruit medley boom 365. That's a 365 brand. Is 365 brand from Whole Foods. Yeah, there's many, basically any frozen fruit I would not buy. This You can like check out the, like just look up CDC or, or just look up um, fruit, frozen fruit recall. Um, it's like at a bunch of brands like Trader Joe's, Target, um, I, like almost all, I like all of them basically. Like, so do not buy them for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You should have you seen. You can freeze your own fruit, actually. So yeah, true. You should have seen the look on Sophie's face when she saw this article, because I mean, I can't even imagine eating this fruit and then literally the next day seeing an article saying it's been recalled for like a very the exact brand. The exact and, brand. and the brand was used in like the photo for the article. I'm like, oh yeah. my fucking god, what are the odds? Yeah, this is what happens when you try to eat healthy. Literally, you know? I'm like, all right, I guess I'm back to McDonald's. Then. Yeah. So like, yeah, that was, that gave me a little bit of a fright. So I looked up what the frick is listeria. Mm -hmm. And luckily for me, I'm not immunocompromised. I'm not pregnant and I'm not old. So I should be good. And it's been a few days and I haven't had any symptoms. So I think I'm in the clear, but, um, it's a bacteria and it can just like make you very nauseous and like give you diarrhea or like all sorts of stuff make you very sick um throw up nauseous i didn't have any of those things thank goodness um so for a lot of people it's it's totally fine like you're gonna be okay it might be comfortable but you're gonna be fine for me it was fine and at the time that i saw that article no like reported cases were out there so that's good too but if you are immunocompromised or if you are a little kid listening to this or you have little kids or you're 90 years old if you're 90 years old or if you're immunocompromised or pregnant or pregnant um just be careful and don't eat that or if you do just be you know conscious and monitor your health and blah 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 um so it gave me a bit of a fright and i thought you know what are the odds but the reason i bring up going to whole foods is i posted a meme because any if anything ever happens to me i have to make a meme about it so I like made a meme about how I literally like had that and it just got recalled. I was like, you know, it's over, y'all, it's over. Um, and someone said, that's what you get for buying the 365 brand from Whole Foods. It was literally my first time shopping at Whole Foods, okay? I'm not a, I'm not like freaking, you know, okay? Guys. Let me just go to everyone, Whole Foods and it's cheaper now because of Jeff Bezos. Everyone <laughs> go, everyone, whole, look. Buying on Amazon, buying at Whole Foods, sometimes it's just convenient. And get off my back, okay? We're going to try to shop at the worker co-op when we can, but sometimes Whole Foods is there for us. Get off my case. I am just was experimenting with a different grocery store because I'd never really like gone in one, really. So I like wanted to see what they had, you know? It was like... It was an adventure for me. It was literally cheaper than like a lot of places. I'm like, this is nice. I'm going to get this. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's okay. the news on that. Okay. So there's that. All right. I just realized. What? That. It's time. Oh my God. 
Oh, oh, the Asteroid City review. Okay, so, yeah. Want to get into this, Kai? I've been talking a lot. Me? My turn to talk? I was enjoying you talking, but okay. I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll start. Okay. So, so, so Wes Anderson, who might be the artsiest, most epic director of all time in human history, you have to have a certain... IQ to grasp his what, what dry you, what sense you, of humor. Week, like, what do you think of Wes Anderson? Um, I, 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 you know, I, I like, I like his movies. I like them. You know, I, th- I think they're like charming. I don't love them, but I like them. Yeah, you know? that's kind of how I feel too. Like, I honestly don't like love him as a director as much as like other people do. Like, I feel people are like obsessed with him. I think just mostly because of the aesthetics and like the kind of, I don't know, like kind of humor of it yeah i do like the royal tenenbaums because i like how gwyneth paltrow like slays in that movie um and like that's kind of a sleigh but like i've never been like a wes anderson stan if that makes sense and that's kind of like my hot take i kind of feel about wes anderson the same way i feel about like phoebe bridgers which is like you know they're both talented i like them yeah, I don't but I love feel like them. Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> makes like music for like girls. If that, like, not I'm not a big fan of her either. But you know what I mean, like, you know what I'm saying. Okay, like, well, all right, maybe. Okay, maybe okay, not. Phoebe maybe Brid- not gender binary. Okay, I'm sorry if, about if, that. Phoebe, if Phoebe Bridgers was a boy, <laughs> okay, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> no, that's, sorry, that was being a little bit shady. All right, someone think of an artist. Maybe like, I don't know, like. um like Boney Bear or like yeah. Grizzly Bear, you know, like like a hipster band that's like Hoiser, Hoiser. Hoiser. No, I don't know. That's that's actually too low of a blow for. I think Ooh, Wes Anderson people is gonna better. Get, people gonna get mad about. Do people that. really like Hoiser? Oh, if 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 we have any lesbian listeners, they will be All mad. Right. All right, let's reel it in before we get canceled for our bad music takes. Um, so we saw Asteroid City, directed by Wes Anderson. Uh, Wes Anderson, his latest and Among Us, and it's um. It takes place, it's uh, it takes place in like the fifties. Yeah, it's like it's a little in bit the desert because it's like supposed to be a play, and then like yeah. they get into the actors doing the play, but the play is like imagined as real. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it like it's a little convoluted, which is what we didn't really like. I, I yeah, so so you you so the the actual meat of the movie is about like this alien invasion that happens out in the desert. However, that meat, as Sophie was saying, is actually just a play. It's actually it's a play. And the movie's actually about making the play. So it's a movie about making a play about blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I really, you know, I'm actually in the zone enjoying the movie when they're talking about, like, the de- the desert stuff. I think the, the imagery, aesthetics is kind of cool. I like the general vibe. I think there's a good amount of humor in it. And then, but I'm watching the movie and then all of a sudden it just kind of like zooms out. And then they're talking about the actors making the play that is the movie. And I'm not really, I'm not really vibing with this meta stuff too much. And then it zooms out an additional layer where you have Brian Cranston talking about the play actors. And it's like, like the, there's like people like, there's like actors playing the actors like yeah yeah like i don't even know like yeah and look i think it's you know i'm always down for some meta stuff yeah that's not we we love meta we we love meta instagram just kidding Mm -hmm. we love meta like stuff yeah i mean we i like i love david lynch i mean i don't know how meta that is but like i like weird stuff i don't know yeah 
But um, and and like I feel like the meta stuff was also kind of going an additional unspoken layer of meta, which is like making the actual movie itself, right, Asteroid City, right. with like probably like some inside jokes right. amongst Wes Anderson and the actors who are making Asteroid City. It just the meta stuff just didn't seem to come together and have anything super interesting to say personally. You know, they even, I think the meta stuff even goes out and just straight up says that none of this is making any sense. I kind of, I kind of hate that like conclusion. It's like, actually we, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of like a cop out to me. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to be doing this meta stuff, which is in my opinion, kind of messing up the pacing of the actual story. There's gotta be a payoff. Yeah. And then like, you know, we're what I'm trying to fall. I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on with this meta stuff, and then for them to just say like, it just it just feels unsatisfying. I think that's the the right word for it. It's just unsatisfying, and you know, it's kind of a bummer because the 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 meat and potatoes of the movie, when it's actually the play, if when it's actually the the you know people out in the desert, I'm actually kind of enjoying it. You know, and I wish I could. They, I wish they would just kind of just stick with that story. Um, and you know, I'm always down to get a little pretentious, but this is, what is this like a satire of pretentiousness? Is this Wes Anderson making fun of himself? I don't really know. It didn't really land for me. Just, uh, yeah. That's, an, that's kind of how I feel about him in general. It's like, there's kind of a disconnect for me with him a little bit, even though I can't appreciate it. It's just like, maybe there's something I'm not getting. It's just not right for me. If that makes sense. I like Wes Anderson. When he's kind of just, honestly, like, I like, I like, I really like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, that's a great one. I just don't remember it that well. I feel like his aesthetic and approach works really, really well for, like, children's content. Yeah, yeah. Like, Moonrise Kingdom, I feel like that's a movie a lot of kids could love. I feel like that's great. When, When it gets a little bit more serious, I'm not loving it. I'm not loving. It's like a, it's a little too quirky. You gotta, you, know. you gotta stay. You gotta do what you're good at, which is making like whimsical children's yeah. movies. It's like, did you know whimsical, whimsical kids have deep emotions too, despite our dry humor to cover up the sadness we feel. It's like, it's Rat. a little. It's, that's like Wes Anderson. Like it's a little. But I like. I, I I gave it a three out of five on Letterboxd. Like oh, I, I did too. Oh well. It's, it's, we almost always give this like same letterbox rating. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I would say if you're a Wes Anderson fan... I, yeah, know, definitely see it if you're a Wes Anderson fan. Honestly, even if you're not a Wes Anderson it, fan, like it's, it's it's still a pleasant uh, movie experience. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, yeah. it's definitely like not my favorite thing in the world, but I, I enjoyed it. And I also just like going out to movies no matter what. So it was yeah. a pleasant experience and it was fun. And yeah. we went like to Nighthawk Cinema, which is like this Brooklyn-like version of... Uh, Almo Draft House, and we got like some drinks and like some snacks, and it was it was a fun it was a fun time. I will say, and I want to reiterate. I know I already said this, and I think Sophie, you you agree. The visuals are really nice. You know, the visuals are really. I love the the alien scene. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, that that scene's very cute. I like that. I loved the the cute little triplets. You remember those girls? Oh, the little girls were really cute. Yeah, I, that was probably my favorite part of the movie same, were the little here. girls because they were like witchy and like kind of creepy, but very cute, which yeah. reminded me of myself as at that age. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was really cute. So some really stellar stuff going on in Reminded there. me of your sister. Was she like that? My sister. Yeah, my sister was like that. Yeah, she was. Mm. She was. She except um, 
Um, except she wasn't a triplet, basically. But yeah. True. True. Not a lot of triplets out there. Yeah. So good. 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 Good stuff. It was a good time. I mean, I don't. I don't regret seeing it. No. It's yeah. We, we Sophie and I went to this like little hipster indie uh, theater. We got ourselves. I got a beer. We got some snacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was literally like soy boys in the theater. Yes. We, we, we we sat at the wrong seat and there were and reserved then, seats. I know. And then this guy like was like, oh, excuse me. Um, I, I think we like might be sitting here or something. I'm not really sure. Like, do you know where these? No, 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 no. He said, do you know where these seats are? Didn't he say something like yeah, that? Yeah. He's, he's like. Like he basically did in the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah. Which I actually really appreciated because that, that yeah. kind of confrontation makes me uncomfortable. Like I don't like it. It's probably because of my upbringing. But like, because like, for example, oh, I can't talk about him on here. Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> okay. So certain people I know would have like gone like if I had, if someone had like sat in the wrong seats, like some, a certain person I know would have like lost their mind and caused a whole scene. So like, it was very like the, just like the nicest like way, like it was just some Brooklyn hipstery guy. Yeah. He was really nice. Very soft, gentle boy with a, with a girlfriend who's probably taller than him. Anyways. You and me me both. Just kidding. I'm shorter than Kai. Well, anyways, (laughs) I will, you know, it's actually, it's, it's seriously though, like Sophie and I, we both get so much, um, you know, interaction on social media from strangers who are just outwardly, like, mean. Right. That it's actually really nice when you go outside and you run into a stranger and they're really nice to you. And it's you, it, so you actually, nice. It actually sticks with you and you're like, oh, wow, there's good people out there. Relying on the kindness literally, of strangers. Literally, he asked us to, to move our seats very kindly. and In the it nicest left, way I could. And it left a nice impression. It really was. Like, I, I was honestly, like, I literally said that to Kai. I was like, wow, he did it in, like, the nicest possible way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he was, like, really, really into the movie. So if, if, yeah, if, if, it was if, very sweet. So if you're an so anxious... So he, he deserved to get those seats. Yeah, he did. If, I don't know if they were any Our better. seats were better, but seat, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So if you're, an anxious, if you're an anxious guy who's really, really anxious about asking someone to move seats in a movie theater that you ask ni- the, the nicest way possible, you're going to be like that guy, and you're going to really like this movie, and you should go see it. Because True. my friends who are like that and the guy who sat in front of us really, really like this movie. Yeah, so... I think, honestly, like, looking back on it now, I think I had a really good time watching it, even though I, it wasn't my favorite thing. I just, like, enjoyed the experience and the atmosphere of it. Like, just going and, like, having a drink and having some, like, sorbet and, like, chilling with Kayo and, like, watching in this, like, really small hipster, like, Bedford Ave-ass, like, movie theater. It was really fun. It was, like, a really nice experience for me, so. Yeah. I do wonder if going in knowing ahead of time that it was going to get so meta or maybe just simply rewatching it would kind of like make me enjoy it more maybe but i, I don't, don't know. know maybe not well so yeah anything else on it um no metaverse it got meta the meta in the metaverse all right well thank you guys so much for listening make sure you check out our patreon we just um like we have a new episode out basically where we do the hunger games a simulator we talk about the hunger games lore and we review the movies and we do the simulator with some some friends and foes some some familiar faces so let's just say donald trump did not get that far in the hunger games yeah so check it out and listen to see who survives longer in the hunger games me or kayo and spoil also little celebration last episode 
50th episode, right? 50th episode. Yeah. Sophie and I got our first ad. ad. And it happened to be Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Z. Z. So that was awesome. And fingers crossed this one has an ad too. Sorry about the ads, guys. But like... You know, we make, we, we make a solid $2 off of it, so... We make some money off ads. So, if we, <laughs> so, if we, so pa- support us on Patreon and um, F- shout out to Dragon... Support us on our Patreon. Let shout us, out to Dragon Ball Z. Help us get some ads so that we can support our futures together. Help us help us keep the lights on at Base News Network. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Base News Network. Bye. Bye.